0: You're listening to the Savvy Citizen podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today we're talking with two athletes. We're talking to Kendall Knight and we're talking to Michael Schmollen. Now Kendall was a diver here in Gaston County and Michael is a kayaker. Uh, both of them taking their shots earlier this year to make the Olympic Games. Kendall uh, coming up just short in qualifying, but Michael will be going to now his second Olympic Games and will be representing the United States in Tokyo. We're here on Savvy Citizen with Michael Schmolin, and he is a graduate of Ashbrook High School here in Gaston County, as well as Belmont Abbey, correct?
1: I'm a graduate of Ashbrook, and I attended a couple of semesters at Belmont Abbey, but actually I'm just finishing up my degree now at DeVry University
0: online. Got it, got it. You kind of come by being a K-1, I guess, is, it, is kayaker the, the correct term?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm a kayaker. I'm, i compete in the men's single kayak.
0: Got it. And you kind of come by that naturally in the sense that your dad was big into the sport for your home country of Poland, correct?
1: Yeah. My dad was a competitive kayaker for many years and then he became a coach and he's been our national team coach and Olympic team coach for the last couple games.
0: So does, does that make it easier or harder on you to have your dad as, as the coach?
1: Uh, definitely easier in a lot of aspects and I think it's harder in some other aspects like you know when the emotions get high and when you know we're both uh, struggling a little bit to communicate then it's obviously a bit harder in that respect but in others it's a lot easier because he has a lot of experience and he knows me really well you know I think the uh, the cons really aren't that big Um, and I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons
0: So you, I was doing a bit of background research, and I guess you probably would have made the the 2012 U.S. Olympic team, but you hadn't quite finished your citizenship to change it from from being from Poland over to the U.S., right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I moved to the U.S. quite a long time ago, and I was already in the U.S. for many years before the London Games, Mm -hmm. but becoming a U.S. citizen is a long process, and we just couldn't get it expedited, and I was uh, definitely in the contention to compete for the 2012 Olympic team, but because I didn't have my citizenship finished, I couldn't do that.
0: Looking ahead to to Tokyo, what are your goals for this year, and and you know what what would be a successful run at the the Olympics here?
1: Yeah, I think my goal would be to improve on my result from the last games in Rio where I came in 12th place just outside of the final round that um, competes for the the medals Mm -hmm. so um, my goal is to make it into that final round in Tokyo and and try to do my best on that final run you know hopefully get a medal but ideally I just want to have the best run possible that I can do and just walk away being happy that I didn't hold anything back and that you know I didn't let the pressure get in away and i just had fun
0: absolutely i know looking at kind of your career highlights like you you know 2015 you, you had the gold medal at the pan american games in 2017 you at the first place at the oceana championships uh, do you have a particular event that that you've competed in where you felt like you know whether you've won or, or finished somewhere else you feel like man this is this is the best that i've done so far in in my career
1: i think that event would have been in 2015 for me where I got the bronze medal at the world championships okay, because I was just uh, on fire the whole competition and I didn't know why I, I was focused and I was having fun and I didn't really feel much pressure I just let go of my expectations and, and then in the end I was third just a hair away from being silver medal also so mm. It, uh, it really was the highlight of my career, and I haven't able to I haven't been able to repeat that uh, at the World Championships again. But I think uh, you know I've had other results at the World Cups and the Pan Am Games, like you said, where uh, I've I've been able to um, have a similar experience.
2: So it sounds like you've done a lot of traveling for kayaking. I'm curious, how many countries have you been to for this sport?
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's really taking you everywhere, this sport. And I think it's really an amazing part of, uh, being, being an athlete on this level is that you get to travel to cool places and like all the corners of the world. And with my competitions, I've been to most countries in Europe and I've been to Australia New Zealand, uh, South America, Canada, and all these places, really, it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey. And I think I'll be sad when, uh, I'm not traveling every, every, uh, you know, a couple of weeks anymore.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I've been sad this past year, not doing much traveling. It's, I'm looking forward to getting back into it, but, um, you said New Zealand, Adam here mentioned that, um, you actually got stuck in New Zealand for a little while. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, actually about to head back to the U S when COVID hit, uh, huh. And, uh, I think I had a month away from my Olympic trials. So everything got canceled. The trials were canceled Aww. and, uh, I couldn't even get a flight home. So I was, uh, yeah, I was stuck there and I tried to book a flight every week to go home. And in the end I was stuck there, I think for four or five months wow. in total.
2: What did you do? Did you stay with uh, someone hosting you or hotels every night? How'd that work?
1: I have uh, quite a few friends in New Zealand now oh, because good. I've been going there uh, every winter to, to train. And uh, yeah, I just stayed with some friends and it was really, really fun. Actually, the whole process there was over quite quickly. They oh, had yes. a lock for, for a couple of weeks and then there was zero cases and basically everything went back to normal after that.
2: So you got stuck in the fun part of the world during all this. I saw um, they were having concerts like way before we even considered, I think before we even had vaccinations to most people. Right, Yeah.
1: Basically after the lockdown, which was over in May or maybe beginning of June, I'm not quite sure, but no one was even wearing masks because uh, there was zero cases in the whole country. So you really didn't feel like COVID was a thing anymore. It was, it was quite insane because I, I had to leave at some point and then I started traveling and uh, other parts of the world were dealing with the worst waves while New Zealand was, you know, they, they were, it was behind them.
0: Well, I, I would have to think, like, <laughs> there's got to be a lot worse places to get stuck for a few months than New Zealand.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, for me, I was quite lucky and I was able to train for the most part and the, uh, you know, the weather wasn't too bad either. And it's just a beautiful place to be. So I, I was definitely quite lucky with that.
0: What is it like being in the sport for as long as you've been in and now being, I don't want to say like an, an elder statesman, so to speak, but like you've got younger guys that are coming up behind you. Do you see yourself kind of shifting more into a mentorship role for kind of the next generation of, of uh, folks competing in K-1?
1: I mean, I think I've already kind of been doing that for the last couple of years because there's quite a big gap between me and the next top athletes. I think there's at least a couple of years difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I have I have been doing that. And it's quite good to see that there are um, a couple of guys who are, who are going to be quite good. So, you know, I just want to try to do my best and try to stay ahead of them for as long as I can. And then hopefully the... Mm-hmm you know, they'll they'll be able to follow in my footsteps or, you know, be heading out on their own journey to, to the Games or wherever they want to go.
0: How long do you hope to keep competing kind of at this level?
1: Well, honestly, I'm at a bit of a crossroads because I'm almost 30. I'll be 30 in two, two years. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that, you know, I... I won't be able to stay competitive. I think there's quite a few athletes that reach their peak at 30 or even after 30. So, you know, I, I don't think that's the problem with age. It's more of a problem for me with, uh, with my career and my plans of what I want to do after kayaking. Sure. Um, because it's obviously quite hard to do anything else when you're competing and training full time. You sort of put everything else on hold and I've even done that with my education. I I took quite a few years off to prepare for Rio, and now I'm just finishing my education online. But, yeah, for sure I, I want to – I've already started thinking about the next thing I'm going to do, and I don't think I'll be competing after 2024. So if I compete at another Olympic Games, um, the last one will be Paris.
2: Gaston County and, and Belmont, they have a emerging river district, and – a culture of, of kayaking and, and even rowing, which is something I'm interested in, that's developing. I'm interested if you'll stay, you know, in the area, considering we do have, you know, the Whitewater Center here and um, help develop some of these programs or something along those lines.
1: I think for me, that's definitely going to be a project uh, that I'll be doing in a distance because uh, I don't think I'll be living in the Gastonia area um, in the future. I, I've moved to paris sort of permanently now as oh, okay. uh, as my partner is um she's an athlete on the french national team and she's also training for the paris 2024 olympics oh wow so um i've sort of relocated to to paris uh permanently and it's it's definitely a big change for me to to move uh, so far away from from home um but i'm definitely still a bit connected to my roots
2: Right, and your family is in Gastonia or Gaston County, still yes. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, my parents, they both uh, live and work in Gastonia.
2: Did you do any training at the Whitewater Center?
1: Yeah, I I come basically every spring to Gastonia, and then I train at the Whitewater Center. We usually have our uh, national team trials every year in in Charlotte. Oh, I did not know that. and uh, our Olympic trials took place in. Um, at the whitewater center this year and oh, cool! obviously because of COVID it wasn't announced and, um, it was sort of a closed event. Yeah.
2: I was going to say in the past, I mean, these things seem kind of, um, just under wraps anyway, cause I don't hear about those trials happening at, in Charlotte, but it's fascinating to know that that stuff's going on and we don't, you know, we may not even know about it, but I would love to watch one when the, when the world is different and, and <laughs> a little more open
1: yeah i think i think it used to be a bit bigger in 2016 2012 because we've had olympic trials in charlotte um every four years basically as long as the whitewater center has been open it's just that you know you hear about it every four years and then you sort of forget <laughs> yeah.
0: oh yeah i'm curious for training purposes because you talk about this basically being a full-time job in terms of, of putting the work in and training what is what does a typical day look like for you
1: it really depends on a couple of things like uh, what part of the season it is you know what's my next biggest competition uh, if I'm traveling or not and stuff like that but I would say on average uh, I would have two to three training sessions a day I'll have one in the morning you know a bit of recovery in between and another one in the afternoon and this sort of lasts every day and one day a week, I'll have a I'll have an easy rest day, and in this rest day, I might even do some activity to, you know, to feel like I'm doing something, but something to recover. So, yeah, it's, it's why athletes say there's really no days off. You're still going when you're on your day off.
0: Are there like other sports or other activities that you do that like kind of complement the the training, or is it do you stick primarily with? working on the sport itself and then doing associated kind of, um, you know, weights and cardio and that sort of stuff.
1: I definitely like to try other sports. And I do think there are some other sports that could help you as a kayaker because you use the same muscle groups Mm -hmm. that you do in kayaking. You'll end up improving those muscle groups for, uh, for movements that you do in the kayak. But I do think that a large part of our training is in the gym where uh, we, we develop strength um, so that we can you know counteract everything that's happening out on the water. Obviously, there's a lot of different things happening, and we have to react really, really fast. We don't have much time to think, so we sort of have to condition our muscles to react for
0: us. Have you had any experience practicing on the course that they're going to use in the Olympics in Tokyo, or is that going to be, like, once you get there, that'll be the first time you get to, to see that?
1: I actually... Went there in 2019, and before every Games, there's um, these test events, basically, okay. that that allow athletes to come and, and try the venue before, before the Games. So that did happen because it was before COVID, and I took part in that competition, and I actually did really well. So I've had a good experience on the Tokyo course so far, so I'm quite excited to come back and see what I can do this time.
0: Well, we wish you the best of luck and really excited to be able to talk to you and have somebody from from Gaston County that's going to be representing us in Tokyo here in the next couple of weeks. Speaking with Kendall Knight here on Savvy Citizen, she is a graduate of East Gaston High School, is on the swim and dive team at the University of Kentucky, and was recently at the U.S. Olympic Trials in Indiana, correct?
3: Yes, I was.
0: So tell me a little bit about that experience. I mean, was this, I'm assuming this is the first time that you you made it that far to be able to compete at the Olympic trials.
3: Yes. So actually the, the last Olympic trials were 2016. So I wasn't even diving then. So I started diving my sophomore year of high school. So my high school coach, Roger, Roger Hawkins actually asked me to be on the high school team. And I was like, sure, I'll just give it a try. And it ended up, being the best decision leading me to Kentucky and leading me to this Olympic trials um so yes it was my first one and it was truly an eye-opening experience and it was just so much fun and just being there was being there next to an Olympian was just like wow I just competed with a future Olympian or even I just competed against someone who was in the last Olympics so it was just a lot it was a good experience and a lot of fun
0: When you go from, like you said, I mean, the last time that they had the trials, you hadn't even taken up the sport yet. I mean, that seems almost mind boggling in a certain way.
3: (laughs) Yeah, um, I did have a late start. So it was kind of odd getting into it. And even like going through the recruiting process, I was like, I'm never even going to get to a good team in college. Like I might just go to a small school. And I was going to be okay with that. But my coach at Kentucky actually took a huge chance on me. And he was like, I think I can make you a really good diver and that we worked hard together. And he has formed me into a a decent diver to make trials <laughs> this year.
0: What was that process like being recruited to, to go to Kentucky? I mean, was that something that how did that have that even kind of come about?
3: I would say it's a total God thing. So My coach, Ted Hawthorne, at the University of Kentucky, I emailed him and a bunch of other coaches just all at once. I just sent out this random email, and I was like, maybe I'll hear back from a few of them, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And he actually emailed back immediately and was like, I'm coming back through town. I have family from where you're from. And he said, I can stop by and watch a practice. And I was like, wow, that's perfect timing. He was heading back from the beach. And so he brought his family and his wife, and they all watched my practice And then we sat down after my practice and he was like, I see your potential. Like I want to get you out here for a trip, out to Kentucky for a trip. So we set that out and I got on campus and fell in love with the school, fell in love with Lexington. It's so much, it's this big little town. So it's, there's a city, but it's really not big at all. Mm. So it's a lot like home. And I fell in love with the coach, fell in love with the team, just everything about it. And I was like, yep, this is where I want to be.
0: What has it been like over the last couple of years being at Kentucky? Because in, in looking at some of your accomplishments, I mean, you've, <laughs> you've done some big things there.
3: I don't even know how to take it in sometimes. So last year, obviously the COVID year, mm-hmm. it was different. And then my year before it got cut short due to COVID. SEC is 2018. I ended up winning a gold medal. And that was an amazing experience because I went into finals, top eight make finals. And I went in, barely made finals by, and I was in last place going into finals. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this experience in finals and make the most of it. And then I had an incredible finals and I was watching all the girls go and finish their last dive. And I was like, oh my goodness. My name's still still at the top of the scoreboard. And the last girl finished her dive and I was like, no way, I just won that. And I walked up to my coach and he hugged me and he was like, you did a great job. And I was like, I just won. And he said, no, you didn't. And I was like, yes, I did. So it was just very humbling just wow, how fast it all came to. And it just a great experience, I would say.
0: What are some of the things that you've learned about diving? Because the the one that you competed in at the trials was the three meter springboard, correct? Yes. Yep. So what, what have you learned about that since you first started? I mean, I I would imagine that that's probably not a simple answer, but I mean, how have you grown and and what have you learned about the sport in the, in the time you've been in it?
3: I would say mostly it is a mental game. Hmm. It's physically it's, it's, it's challenging, but mentally diving is such a mental game because your mental game could make or break your day. And also I was a gymnast leading up until when I started diving. Um, and even though gymnastics is a graceful sport, I would say diving is even more graceful and you have to be patient to ride the board and you have to have pretty lines going through the water to get a good entry. Um, so it's much more graceful than gymnastics and, definitely a mental game
0: do you think that being a gymnast beforehand kind of gave you even though you hadn't been part of the sport until you said what sophomore in high school do you think that gave you at least a a fighting chance to to be good at this
3: definitely I think so most divers now were once gymnasts so most of my teammates were once gymnasts and even though you're landing on the hard floor the flipping in the air can be very similar
0: so talk to me a little bit about the olympic trials what was what was that like in, in terms of you know preparation for that finding out that you would qualify to, to go and just you know i'm sure there were some some nerves involved as well
3: yep so like i said when i won secs and i didn't realize that i was going to win i also got my score for olympic trials at that meet so it was just I had got my best score ever. I won SECs, and then I got my Olympic trial score all in one day, and it was just a huge day. Wow. So then um, last year, trials were canceled due to COVID. I was a little bummed about that, but obviously as a pandemic. Nothing we could do about it. So right. we were all having that year off, and then um, we came back, and it was a tough year really competing because we were getting COVID tested every week or maybe twice a week or mm. even three times a week. And we were, had all these restrictions, just couldn't do anything around anyone because we were in a bubble within our team for the most part. So leading up to trials really were was one of the most stressful times of my life. And then we got to trials. There were 29 people in my event. So at the trials, there's 100 of the best divers in the country. So they all qualified to the Olympic trials. And there was 29 girls in my event. So We compete prelims on the first day and then top 18 make semifinals that night. Hmm. And I was doing fine. I got really nervous in prelims just because I was like, wow, there's so many good girls here and I was next to them competing. And so I didn't have the best first few dives and I was not in semifinal making going into the last round. And I was like, well. I might as well just make this last dive the best I can make it. So okay. I did that and I finished 18th. So it was exactly enough to put me into final or to semifinals.
0: Okay.
3: So then competed in semifinals that night and the scores are cumulative. So they add up okay. each round. So I was in last by like several points. So I was like, I can't go down from here. So I'm just going to have make the most of it. And sure. then I moved up from, 18th to 14th and I had a really good semifinals but I didn't get top 12 to make the finals but I think just having that experience around the best girls was just so much fun and truly just eye opening because it was my first time ever being at Olympic trials and it was just it was a good time
0: so going forward now is that something where you would be trying to set your sights on, on trying to do this again. And I mean, I guess it's what three years because of the, the weirdness of the Olympics being moved back a year. But is that something that would be on your radar still?
3: I think, yes. So my, after I competed in semifinals, I finished and I went over and my coach hugged me and he said, I want you here for three more years training for the Olympics. These girls have nothing but years on you because most of the girls I was diving against have been diving for 12, 13 years. And I've been diving like six. Mm. So they just have years. Yeah. I'm about to be a senior now. So I have one more year, but then every NCAA athlete was given a COVID year. So I'm going to take my fifth year and start and do start a master's program. Oh great! And then, so I would really only have one more year after that. And I think I'm going to do that and just train and either work or do school. And then go to the next Olympic trials and see where that takes me.
0: And if I was, if I was reading correctly, the, the gal who finished first, I think she's what, 28?
3: Yep. Actually, she just turned 29 a week ago or something like that, but yeah.
0: So this is perhaps a little bit different than gymnastics in the sense that like, you know, for the folks that are competing for, for the Olympics, you know, once you hit like, you know, 21, 22, you're, you're quote unquote over the hill and maybe not, not quite the same in, in diving
3: Yep. It's definitely not as tough on your body. That's why I had to quit gymnastics because I was getting hurt and my back was hurt and this was hurt. So I just decided to give up that dream. And I was like, I might as well try diving because my sister had been a diver for a few years while I was still a gymnast. And so she kind of led me into that. Yeah. So that's definitely not as hard on your body. And there was actually a girl or yeah, a girl on competing at the on 10 meter. At the olympic trials who is 43 i want to say with five kids and she had won a gold medal in 2000 and she had taken several years off and made a comeback the last two years and so really it's a huge age like it could be anywhere from 12 in the trials to 43.
0: that's incredible yeah what have you taken away from this process so far? I mean, what have you what have you learned and has it changed you or, or molded you as, as a person?
3: I think yes. I I've really been in sports like competitive sports since I can pretty much remember.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: I grew up a gymnast and I would go from school straight to practice until eight thirty at night, come straight home eat dinner, do homework, do the same thing the next day, and then quit gymnastics and pretty much immediately went to diving, which is the same schedule right after school. I think a lot of that teaches you time management and how to put things first that matter the most. I think that's one of the biggest things that being an athlete or a competitive athlete outside of school has taught me.
0: A lot of just the the need for you know, discipline, the need for, you know, (laughs) staying. Right. Right.
3: Like keeping your, your school, school always came first in our house. So school had to come first. And then we worried about, we worried about diving or we worried about gymnastics. So school, our grades had to be good. We had to do our homework. So it just taught us to get our homework done, get it done. Right. And then we can have fun with our, with our sports.
0: I know obviously with COVID there were probably a lot of restrictions in terms of you know travel and people being able to watch I mean was your family able to go to to the trials and and watch that in person?
3: Yes, that was the first meet that they've seen in since last March. Oh, so wow. Yeah, so I was really happy that they got to watch that and come to it. They were able to watch all all year through like on Zoom or video, but sure. my parents love coming to watch me in person and I just was very grateful that they were able to come and spend time with me there.
0: Well, I would think coming out of all of the, the isolation of COVID, like being able to like have family and friends, being able to, to take that in in person again, that's got to give you a little bit of a boost as an athlete, I would think.
3: Yeah, definitely. Because my, my parents, so before we take off for our our approach to go start our dive, Mm -hmm. everyone cheers before there's a buzzer that goes off and My mom or dad, they're always the last one to go shout, let's go Kendall, or they'll go, go Kooky, really loud, which is my nickname. So that's always a really good thing to hear right before you're about to take off for your dive.
0: Sure. Gives you that kind of last, like you got this. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about um, kind of the trials or the the experience um, that I didn't ask about that you wanted to mention?
3: Just being in that competitive atmosphere with people that love diving like sure college athletes love diving but olympic trials were the best of the best in america so that is just a great experience and just very eye-opening and like wow these people love diving from age three to age 45
0: oh yeah well i would think that you know you a lot of times with with sports, you know, a lot of the, the focus, whether it's the media coverage or, or just, you know, people watching it, it's like, you know, it's focused on basketball or it's on football and you know, a lot of attention gets paid to, Oh, you know, this person made a, a high profile college team where they made it to the, to the pros, but it's like, you know, for swimming and diving, like you don't get any bigger stage than this.
3: Nope, not really. But I will throw in there that Kentucky university of Kentucky when they're, or the women's team, when they're first ever, sec championship this year so we'll all be getting rings which is so exciting even through a covid year we all struggled doing this and doing that but we all came together at the end as a team and won it for the first time ever yeah it was a really fun experience but due to covid the swimmers and the divers were separated at two different places so we couldn't celebrate the same way which i never had hoped anyone has to experience again because it was it was kind of sad watching them on tv celebrate and we were like yeah we're just clapping for them but being there was a little sad due to covid but next year i believe it'll all be we'll all be together and hopefully come back for round two